Welcome back to another episode. I hope you're having a good week so far. I can't believe we're finally in June. May flew by so fast for me. I cannot even remember one specific memory of May. So that's kind of concerning, but I'm also really excited to hop into June because I just love the beginning of summer. It just, something's in the air. It feels really good. I love the beginning of summer energy. As you can probably tell by the amount of summer episodes I've already done, which is two, if you haven't listened to them, you definitely should. Summer is definitely my favorite season and I don't know, I just feel my happiest when the sun is out and I have plans with friends, I'm going outside often, it's just my favorite time of year. So I'm really excited to kickstart summer when you're actually listening to this. I'm pre-recording this episode because I'm going to be in New York, which I'm so excited about. The last time I was there was in the fall, in October, November. And so I'm really excited to see it in the summer again. And I'm actually going with Micah. It's going to be our first big trip together, which is super exciting, especially because he's actually never been to New York, nor really like on that side of the East Coast. So I feel like it's going to be a complete culture shock to him Hawaii and New York are total polar opposites and so I've been like planning out little itineraries for us because I'm just so excited to show him the city there's so much to see so much to do I feel like there's just never a dull moment if you don't want there to be when you're in New York so I'm literally looking forward to that if you want to see what we're doing definitely check out my Instagram because that's where you can stay the most up to date but I've been working on a little itinerary for that. I have this huge list in my notes app of food places, activities, different thrift stores to check out, people that I want him to meet. Obviously, half of my family lives there, and so it's going to be fun for him to meet my mom's side of the family. And actually, when we're there, we're going to be going to a concert of one of our favorite bands, the Backseat Lovers, which we kind of fell in love to their music. So it's going to be super special. That's on the 7th, which I think is when this episode is going up. So tonight, when you're listening to this, we're going to be at the Backseat Lovers concert, which I cannot express my excitement for. We've gone to like reggae Hawaii band concerts together. And I don't know, this will just be like our first big concert that we see. So I'm very excited about that. There's just so much to do in New York, so much to see, so much to more importantly eat. And so I'm really looking forward to kicking off the summer with a little city trip. And then when I come back, actually, it's going to be more mayhem. June is kind of a busy month for me. I have a really big project that's finally coming out at the end of June, which I will be talking about very soon. But you all know, because we are close best friends, I've got to give you a little sneak peek ahead of time, ahead of everyone else, because I feel like the podcast just always finds things out first. But basically, my dream, dream project is coming out. It's summer related. You can kind of put two and two together and guess, but that's happening really soon, which I just cannot even hold this secret any longer, but I guess I'm going to have to. So stay tuned for more details on that. But I've been in a really good mood recently. I've been kind of cleaning up my life a little bit. I had two days that three to four hours of each day was dedicated to organizing and cleaning my home, which felt so good. Things were kind of messy, unorganized. I deep cleaned the bathrooms, which just makes me feel so good. Changed my sheets. I did a whole kind of life reset, which felt so good, especially cleaning out my closet. I haven't done a closet clean out in a while. And I was like, oh, I don't think I really need to do one, but maybe I'll just take a look, get in the zone. I put on like a cleaning podcast and (laughs) basically got to work. And suddenly I have four and a half bags of donations. So I'm excited for those to go to a new home. It feels so good to have less clutter in my space. And that's something that 
brings me so much joy sometimes in the moment cleaning isn't super fun but like the after effect the feeling of it after is just unmatched so feeling good about that i really like to go into summer with a fresh feeling and i'm definitely feeling that so we're off to a pretty good start here but to get into today's episode we're doing another advice session you all know i love to do these episodes every other month and just ask you guys what you need advice on usually it's on a variety of topics and just give you i guess not unsolicited advice because you're asking for advice do i think it's always the best selfishly I think my advice is good, but you don't always have to take it. Sometimes it's just nice to hear another perspective. So do as you may, as you wish. You can take my advice. You can leave it. But based on the response that I've been getting from these, I think you all really like it. So we're on number nine here. I can't believe we've done nine advice sessions. That's a lot of advice to hand out. So hopefully it's been, <laughs> hopefully it's been good, sound advice. Anyway, we're going to hop into this episode. If you want to participate in future ones, definitely make sure to follow the podcast Instagram at mymindpod and let's get into these advice questions. How do you know if you're moving too fast with someone relationship wise? This is actually such a good question that I really resonate to because I feel like with my relationship with Micah from the outside, it definitely looked like it was moving really fast. And even I guess looking back, I myself remember it just being like, whoa, 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 we're moving at the speed of, well, not at the speed of light, but fast enough where I was like, wow, this is moving really quickly. Things are progressing super fast. And when I would talk about it with him and we would literally discuss how quickly our relationship was kind of moving, we had discussions about it. And something that I brought up was like, things definitely do feel fast, but I don't feel rushed. And I think that's the difference. You can move on the faster side with someone and that's totally fine. All relationships happen at a different pace. One isn't right. One isn't wrong. It just depends on relationship to relationship. But I feel like the biggest factor is if it's going fast, that's okay. But you know, it might be too fast if it feels rushed. It shouldn't feel like you can't keep up with it or you're not happy with how fast it's moving. And I feel like once you start feeling rushed with it, that's kind of a sign to, okay, maybe slow down a little bit, press the brakes, reevaluate. Hopefully that advice helps. Honestly, with relationships, every situation is unique to its own. So there's no rules. You kind of make them up for yourself and your own relationship as you go, as long as it feels right and it doesn't feel rushed. Learning how to manage a private but not secret relationship which let me tell you, that is the way to go. I love private, but not a secret. People don't need to know the details. And I think that's what it comes down to. Don't tell people who aren't in your inner circle details about your relationship, about your partner. Keep it vague. People don't need to know everything that's going on in your life. Honestly, even with regular life stuff, it's good to keep things for yourself and for your own. Once you start sharing too much, it becomes other people's business and then they think they have a right to that business. So Keep it simple and don't dive into the nitty gritty. Don't dive into the details. People don't need to know that kind of stuff. How to make friends when you are in college. This is a really good question. I know a lot of people struggle with this. I've struggled with making friends in my 20s, post high school, reaching out to new people can be really scary. I obviously haven't been in the college scene where I resonate with this situation exactly, but I do know where you're coming from with being unsure on how to make new friends. And I feel like it comes down to reaching out to people and being open to it making friends on social media. Social media is a tool. Sometimes you can become friends with someone that you find on social media or you're like mutuals with and it starts by literally just commenting on each other's pictures 
little compliments. And sometimes a friendship can blossom out of that. Also putting yourself out there in social situations. Say you go to a get together, like a party with someone, maybe venture out and say hi to some new people. It's hard to put yourself out there, but once you do, the easier it gets. And I feel like it's something you kind of just have to practice and work on if you're not naturally outgoing. I feel like for me, making friends and reaching out to new people has been something that I had to be really intentional about. And it wasn't always easy, especially because I used to get really anxious socially. And that's something that I've just put myself out there more and it's gotten easier as time has gotten on. But I feel like in college specifically, there's a lot of opportunities to make new friends, whether that's joining a club and meeting people who have similar interests to you. That's always a really great way to do something. Even people in your class, if you see someone that you think you might vibe with, maybe be like, hey, can I have your number in case we need to like talk about homework stuff? And then maybe, you know, a friendship blossoms out of that. Just be open to it let it flow. And I think most importantly, even just having a very magnetic energy of welcoming new friendships and people into your life and just kind of putting that energy out there for yourself. And by that, I mean, there's people that when you meet them, they feel very closed off and kind of hard to approach. And then there's people that are so easy to talk to and you're just very attracted to them, not even like in that kind of way, but you're just attracted to them energetically. You're like, wow, I really want to be friends with this person. They're so fun to be around. That's kind of intentional to make yourself be that person, have that magnetic energy, being nice, being kind, having that open energy to you, I feel like is really helpful when you want to make friends because you just seem like that person that you have this easy energy to talk to. How to reject someone while still being friends. Sorry if that sounds weird. Definitely not weird. That's something that we might have to face in life sometimes because if someone likes us in a romantic way and we're not feeling that vibe back, you can't force that. And I think that's the most important thing. You can't worry so much about someone's feelings that you completely throw away your own and you're just like, okay, like, I guess I'll date you because you feel bad. That's not fair to either party. That's not fair to you. That's not fair to the person because they deserve someone who actually likes them. And so I feel like upfront rejecting someone might hurt them. And I know it hurts to do that if you want to, you know, you want to be a nice person. It sucks to hurt someone's feelings. But at the end of the day, you're saving them because everyone deserves to be with someone who also wants them. But to get specific, how to reject someone, I feel like you could just be like, hey, I don't want things to get confused, but I really just enjoy being your friend and I don't really see anything romantic happening between us. You can be really nice about it. You can either do this over text, which I don't know. I guess it depends on the situation you're in. I feel like doing it in person is also a good idea. But it's hard. People have different preferences. Some people think doing that kind of stuff over text is messed up. I'm the type of person, even though it's going to suck, you just have to pull the trigger and I'll do it like in person. But I feel like I only have one or two experiences doing it in person. And honestly, at the end of the day, it is empowering and it does hurt to know you're hurting someone else. But like I said, at the end of the day, I'm not going to live a lie to protect someone else. And if you were on the flip end of that, wouldn't you want to know if someone didn't want you? So I feel like you have to put it in that perspective sometimes. How to make decisions. <laughs> this is a really funny question. And it's funny because I deal with this a lot. Sometimes I'm so indecisive and it gets to a point where it irritates me. Sometimes it irritates the people around me. And so I've actually been working on this specifically with my relationship. If I'm having trouble making a decision, he'll literally be like, look, make it easy. Just choose one and go with it. When you make a decision on something, do not look at the other option and be like, oh, what if that had happened? What if I chose to do the other option? 
don't even look at that other option because it doesn't exist anymore. Go with your heart, go with your gut. When you choose something, go with it full heartedly. You can't wonder what if, what if, because you'll just drive yourself mad. And I feel like if you're really having a hard time choosing, let's say between two things, flip a coin. And when it's in the air, when the coin is flipping, this is a trick that has been in the book for a while now. And I've used it sometimes myself. I'm not even gonna lie. When that coin is flipping and you're like, okay, this option one is heads, option two is tails. When it's in the air, you kind of have this feeling in your gut, in your head of what you want it to land on. So I feel like that's kind of a fun way and a helpful way, honestly, to help you make a decision, but go with things full heartedly and just go with them full force ahead. How to truly wish success to someone when you are not doing well, how to not envy. Jealousy is a crazy thing because it just eats away at you and at the end of the day, it hurts you so much and it just drives you insane. Being jealous is one of the worst feelings to experience, but also it's really normal to be jealous of people, of things, of things that other people have, of other people's lives. Being jealous, I feel like is part of the human experience and it's pretty hard not to I don't know, let the green-eyed monster get the best of you sometimes. It's totally normal to be jealous. But specifically with this situation, I totally understand what you mean. Sometimes it feels so hard to wish someone the success when you wish you had that for yourself and when you're not in the best space yourself. But I feel like what it comes down to is knowing that someone else's success does not take away from your own. There's not this finite amount of success in the world And once it's gone, it's gone and you won't have any left for yourself. There's an infinite amount of success in the world and there's always going to be more left for you. And I feel like the same thing, this is kind of going to go on a tangent here, but the same thing goes with beauty, with happiness. There's not this finite amount. Someone else can be beautiful and you can also be beautiful. There's not like this limited amount of beauty that's in the world or happiness. There's always room for you. There's always more for you. These feelings are hard when they come of jealousy, but I also feel like it's a good opportunity to look inward to yourself. When you're feeling jealous to someone, when you're feeling jealous about someone's life, look into yourself and be like, why am I feeling this way? What's causing me to feel this way? Is it because they're doing something that I've wanted to do that I've just never done? Are they doing something that I wish I could do? Jealousy stems from somewhere and getting to the root of it is really helpful, but I feel like the most important thing, one of the most important things is keeping in mind that there's always room for you. There's always going to be room for more and you can wish someone success doing their own thing and you live a completely different life. Your life isn't going to mirror someone else's and that's the, a beautiful thing because all our lives are different. Sometimes when we get jealous of someone, we don't even want what they have. We just want that feeling for ourselves, but things will happen for you in due time and you're never going to be late to your own life. You will have everything that you're meant to have when you're meant to have it. Feeling lost and need a career change, where to start? It's never too late to change what you want to do in life. This is so normal to happen. I feel like it's crazy that at the ripe age of 18 or 19, when you're in college, it's like, okay, decide what you want to major in and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Like, I do not understand how that system makes sense almost because it's like, how am I supposed to know what I want to do 10 years from now when literally 10 minutes ago, I felt different. For me, it's hard to kind of gauge where I think I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing because my opinions and what I want change all the time. And I've kind of learned to look at it as a beautiful thing because we're allowed to change and grow. You don't have to be 
I don't want to say the word stuck because I feel like that almost has a negative connotation, but you don't want to feel like you have to stay in one career for your entire life because that's not true. You're allowed to change. You're allowed to explore different things. So many people deal with this where they're unhappy with the job that they're currently doing and they just feel like they need to stick it out for the rest of their lives until retirement because that's the way like society was built. But you're allowed to change that rule for yourself because like I said, you can make your own rules for your own life. But to answer your question on where to start with all of that, I feel like you have to make a list of things that you're passionate about and things that you like to do. Make a list of things that you're good at. Make a list of things that you're not so good at. And maybe make a list of jobs that interest you and kind of go from there. You have full control of what you choose to do with your life. You can explore different options and see what sticks. Would you give us some tips on how to be more of an optimist rather than a pessimist? Definitely. I feel like my the way I view life is I try to look at the bright side of things, which is a mindset you kind of have to adopt and really practice so that it comes naturally so that you're not always just catastrophizing because I've done that. I still do that. We're all catastrophized situations. But one thing I've learned the more I go through is that there's always going to be a bright side, even with the darkest things. Say you go through a really tough time, you go through a really awful breakup. There's a lot that sucks from that, but there's so much good because now you have an opportunity to reinvent yourself and explore more of yourself and find yourself more. Maybe you didn't get into your dream school. Maybe that was your dream school, but maybe that school wasn't for you. And when you go to the school that you're going to end up going to, it'll all make sense because you'll meet the best friends of your life and make the best memories that you wouldn't have had at the other school. So I feel like looking at the bright side, which I know sounds cheesy, but I truly think with any bad situation, there's going to be good that comes from it. Also, even to get more specific here, surrounding yourself with other positive people will rub off on you more than you imagine. And this goes true for hanging out with people who maybe are more negative with their outlooks and emotions. Whoever you hang out with the most, whatever energy they give off, you're going to feel that energy. Make sure it's good energy that the people you spend your time with are feeding you. My boyfriend gets jealous whenever I want to be social and starts a fight. What do I do? Oh, I hate to break it to you. This pains me to read because I know so many people experience this, but that just sounds very controlling. And the more you concede to what Maybe your partner is like, I don't want you to go out. And the more you concede to that, they're going to expect that from you. At the end of the day, in a relationship, no one has ownership of you, even if you're dating someone. You have your own life. You're allowed to have your own friends. And I I just feel like that's very controlling. I almost feel like there's a bigger issue there if when you talk about it with him and you're like, hey... I really feel like it's unfair that you don't want me to be social because I still have my own relationships with friends that I want to keep up with and I just feel like you don't trust me because every time I want to be social, you start a fight. I don't know if that stems from insecurity or whatever it is. It's not fair to me that you're taking out those insecurities onto me because I deserve to have my own life and you can't control what I do, which I don't know if that's how you want to word it. I'm kind of just thinking on the spot here, but think about what you want to say. You can say it in a nice way. And if they don't react well to that, I feel like that's almost telling of, okay, this might lead to some bigger issues down the road. If they won't even let me have my own life, it kind of seems like they want to have control over who I see and what I do. And that can be really dangerous down the road. How to not feel like my life is falling apart when I don't have a set schedule. Obviously, routines are so nice to have. I think humans in general are routine-based creatures, creatures of habit. Sometimes when life is crazy, you feel like you don't have a say in what you're doing or much of a routine. And for people who really thrive with routines, I understand how 
it can feel like your life is just in shambles. I've definitely been there. But I think even when your days look different and you don't exactly know what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be, whatever it is that's setting your schedule off, I feel like at the end of the day, you always have your mornings and your nights. And even if you're super busy, you can always take moments for yourself in those times of day before your day gets crazy to have a little bit of a set routine, ground yourself. And I feel like that's always really helpful to lean on. How to have mindful social media consumption. I love this question. I think it's really self-aware for you to even ask this because so many of us, me included, sometimes I'll just fall into the rabbit hole of social media and then feel like shit after because it wasn't really mindful. And it's kind of funny. I feel like at first when social media was initially becoming a thing, it was so that we could just mindlessly scroll and it took us away from the realities of life and was an escape. And now it's funny. I feel like the tables have almost turned in a way that so much of our lives, we live on social media that we want to take a break to our real life to escape from social media. It's it's so interesting how that switch has happened for a lot of people. I think my biggest tip to being mindful with this is following people who are uplifting, who make you feel good. If you feel like there's someone that you follow that just makes you feel jealous, maybe brings out some feelings of jealousy within you, unfollow them. The mute button is my favorite tool on Instagram because if you feel like it's shady, if you unfollow someone and that might cause unnecessary drama for no reason, you can always mute their stories and mute their posts and it's you don't even have to see their stuff. I think something we don't really realize is that we can curate what we consume on social media and we can choose what we want to consume. Make sure it's stuff that makes you feel good. Maybe it's something that inspires you or just makes you feel relaxed. As long as it's not stuff that invokes feelings of feeling bad for yourself or jealousy, I feel like for the most part, especially on Instagram and YouTube specifically, you can choose who you follow. TikTok, it's kind of a free for all because the For You page, sometimes there's stuff that just pops up on there that you really don't have control over because it's just like a public feed. But I feel like if there's ever stuff that you don't like, you can always be like, there's a tool on TikTok where you can be like, I'm not interested in content like this. Or even just deleting a social media app could do wonders. I know it's hard and sometimes it feels like you're missing out, but I promise it'll always be there. And it's not like if you don't see something, it's going to be the end of the world. There's been times where I've just removed the TikTok app from my phone and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to know what the trends are when people make references like, oh, this sucks. But it's really not that bad. Maybe just occasionally when someone brings up like a TikTok reference and I'd be like, wait, what? Curate your feeds. Curate what you want to see. Choose who you want to follow. And I feel like that's a really good way to be mindful about it because there's a lot of awesome creators out there. I go, there's a lot of awesome creators out there. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm definitely not talking about myself. That's uh, that's really embarrassing and like a little narcissistic. But I obviously I'm going to think my content is good and that I think my content, but you know, at the end of the day, everyone has their own perception of you. Maybe some people don't like my content because they're like, I can't relate to you or I don't know. You just never know. So find people who you like and who you like to watch and get rid of the rest. Social media is your own experience. Curate it to be so. Should I get back with my ex? We're still friends now and didn't end on bad terms. Ooh, this is hard to give advice to because I don't know the whole scope of your relationship. Obviously, you're going to have to make this decision for yourself, but based on the very little bit of information that I do have based on this question and this entry, just because you ended on not bad terms with someone doesn't mean that you need to still be dating them. I feel like because we see the flip side of that where it's like you see a heart-wrenching messy breakup happen you're like oh they're never gonna i'm never gonna get back with them whatever it is 
and then you see a breakup that's very mutual and ended on good terms you're like wait because it ended this way maybe it means that we should be together that doesn't mean that you need to be with this person. Sometimes you have to trust that you broke up for a reason. And like I said, I don't have enough information to give the most proper advice to this. But if you're meant to be with someone, time will tell. And you have to trust the process of sometimes a breakup needs to happen. There's some stories and I don't want to give anyone out there who, you know, too much hope with this, (laughs) which sounds so messed up. But I mean that in a way of like, I, this obviously doesn't apply to every situation, but there's people who break up and then five years later, they lived completely different lives for a little bit, found each other again, and it's the best thing ever. And they ended up married. Great. That's not every situation though. And I feel like it's hard when you end on good terms with someone and it wasn't messy because you're like, wait, maybe this is a sign, but not everything is a sign that you need to get back with your ex. So like I said, take what you want from this advice. I feel like I just don't have enough to really give an answer here, but I'm just going to say in general, just because it ended not badly doesn't mean you're meant to still be with them. Just like how, just because someone's a super nice person doesn't mean that you're going to be in love with them. How to make deeper friendships with people. I love this question so much. I think a lot of the times you'll notice that certain friends in your life maybe are a little bit more casual and just a little more shallow than some of the deeper friendships you have, which I want to say it's really normal to have that. Not everyone is going to be your absolute best friend who you tell all your thoughts and emotions and let into your whole life and minds like that. It's okay to have different levels of friendships. And I think that's really important to know, especially in your twenties, having friendships, it's okay to have friends that you only go out and socialize with or party with. It's okay to have friends who maybe you see once a month that you don't consider your best friend, but you still enjoy hanging out with them. Different levels of friendships are super normal, but I feel like if you want to explore having a deeper friendship with someone, say it's a little bit more on the casual side right now, I think it doesn't even take spending a whole lot of time with someone. Sometimes you just need something to bond over. So kind of finding what that is, what topic that is, even just hanging out with someone really intentionally. And I mean this in a way of like, it's hard to build a really deep, meaningful connection with a friend if all you do is go out to clubs with them and like go to a bar with them because usually those aren't settings where you can get to know someone super well. If the music's super loud and you're dancing and it's dark, that's not really a place where a friendship grows. I feel like it's fun to do that, obviously, but I feel like being really intentional, maybe having a dinner with someone. I love having dinner with friends because you're sitting there the both of you, and all you can really do is talk. And I feel like it's a good opportunity to get to know someone better. But like I said, there's nothing wrong with having different types of friends that you do different things with. Some people who you have super deep, meaningful, intellectual conversations with might not be the person you want to go be a feral rat on a night out with and vice versa. So that's my advice on that. I feel like it comes down to having deep, meaningful conversations with someone. That's how friendships grow, either like a shared experience that you bond over or literally experience together or just, I don't know, the more I have intentional, meaningful conversations with someone, the more connected to them I feel. (laughs) I like this one. Tips on how to riz someone up. Riz is like game. If you don't know what that is, like spitting game at someone, being good at being flirty and just knowing the right things to say that just make them like fall for you. I'm not going to lie. You're either going to have it or you don't. And what's interesting is that I feel like there's been times where I just have no game and I'm like, ah, shit, I'm just like acting so weird right now. But let me tell you, when it comes to the right person, you will have Riz because I feel like I did with my boyfriend and it just came naturally. And you'll have that natural banter. Oh, it's so fun. 
But honestly, my biggest advice is just be ballsy with it. Like, why not? How to heal after a breakup. I got a lot of questions similar to this. And while this could be a whole conversation, that's literally a whole podcast episode. What I will say is that healing takes time and there's going to be ups and downs to it. You have to ride the wave of your emotions. Don't suppress them. Feel what you need to feel. If you bottle things up, it's just, it's going to blow up in your face and eventually your emotions will be felt even if you're trying to push them down feel what you feel as you feel them pour more into yourself into your friendships post breakup is the perfect time to pour more into your own self-care doing things that you want to do that maybe you didn't have time or the opportunity to do when you were in that relationship pour into your friendships that maybe you had neglected while you're in that relationship and really feel out the things that you're feeling There's no other way to do it. You can't get around the nights that you're crying yourself to sleep and just having panic attacks over a breakup. Trust me, I get it. And I promise there is a better side to it. You'll always come out the other end. Healing isn't always linear. There's going to be days where you feel really good and then maybe the next day you feel awful. Like I said, it's kind of a roller coaster that you're just on until one day you don't even realize that it's happening, but you slowly begin to mend your heart, but be gentle with yourself, take care of yourself. I think post-breakup is just the time of giving yourself love. And with that, I'm going to close out this advice sesh. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Hope my advice was okay. I don't know. It's just one girl's advice. Like I said, take it or leave it. But thank you so much for listening. Again, make sure you check out my Instagram if you want to follow along with the summer journey. But I will talk to you all next week. I love you. And that was all the advice on my mind. 